0: The five characteristics that we're going to talk about um, of an unbreakable believer, as I see it, would be truth. An unbreakable believer believes God's truth and dispels the lies of the enemy. So an unbreakable believer is someone that is able to identify what is true and identify what is not true. This could be in areas such as, uh, um, you know, everybody knows that the enemy lies to you all the time, right? The enemy that negative self-talk, that negative uh you're not good enough or this or that or or that person's talking about you or you know can you can you believe what but they must think about you based on based on X characteristic right there's there's all that that talk And, and if you're not learning how to understand what's God what's the enemy what's yourself what's the world you're 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 gonna be less unbreakable. The the next characteristic as I see it is reliance. Uh, the people that I see as unbreakable have a radical reliance on the Lord to keep them, to protect them, to advance them, to advance his kingdom through them. And so the, the third characteristic is um, longevity. People that stay in the war, stay in the fight, stay in the game, keep advancing the kingdom. Um, they have a longevity about that, right? They've they've been there a long time. And how do you do that? And And as I see it, there's there's something about an unbreakable believer who is long who has longevity that they understand how to stay in the fight. And as I see it the next and the, the net one, two, three, four, the fourth important characteristic of a unbreakable believer as I see it is they know how to deal with disappointments, they know how to deal with heartache. They don't let um, they don't let their disappointments become bitterness. they don't let, the things that have hurt them or people that have hurt them, uh, uh, begin to subvert their hearts because, you know, in your, your, your heart is where life flows from. So if your heart is dirty, if you're not tending to your heart, um, it's going to long-term cause you to break down. Right. And so the way I see it is, um, People dealing with disappointments uh, these unbreakable people they they know how to complain to god they know how to remind themselves of the truth and um so i think that's a, that's another important characteristics of unbreakable believer and then the final one is something that dave has mentioned a couple times um, over the last time that we have met and it's this idea of moving in the opposite spirit so unbreakable believers have learned how to live in response to god Instead of response to the enemy, and um, and so that, as I say it, those are the five. Those are five um, characteristics of an unbreakable believer. They they believe God's truth. They rely on God. They understand how to stay in the fight. They understand how to deal with their disappointments, and they understand how to move in the opposite spirit or move in response to God instead of response to the enemy. So first, let's dive into um, you know believing the truth. Um, And so, you know, so, so the question is how do we know what is true and how do we dispel the lies that, that come at us and, 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 and things like that? And so one scripture that I've always really relied on throughout my life to, to, to kind of help me become, you know, because become unbreakable and become strong with the Lord and, and, and and that kind of thing is, is Romans 12, two. And it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. And so, so knowing God's will is the truth, right? If you know what God's will is, then you know the truth. And then, and then, in that, that same way, how do we know God's will? How do we know the truth? Uh, we know it through renewing our minds. We not and I don't just mean reading scripture, because reading scripture is important to knowing renewing your mind, getting into the psalms, getting into to, to Romans, getting into you know the New Testament. So you can um, you can know what's true and get it inside you, like the the, the Bible talks about us becoming living epistles, living stories. We, we, we have our, we, we are alive. We put the word inside of us and we become alive. And when we put it inside of our minds and we put it inside of our hearts, it, you know, the Holy spirit uses that to to transform us so that we can begin to experience and know what God's will is and, and what truth is because God's will is always truth. Did you know that God can, God can't lie because whatever he says is, do you know what I mean? Whatever he speaks is, it becomes, it's reality. Like that's that's where, like, like when he encountered Abraham, I believe it was Abraham, he, he was like, I am. Tell them I am, I exist, I like I am the existent one, like I am who I am. And and so there's this idea that to be become to, to know the truth, you have to spend time with the truth, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the truth. The truth is not a thing. The truth is a person. So whatever God says is, and we have to start to understand that, that whatever God says is. Amen. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I need a little, appreciate the encouragement guys. Um, so that's, that's point. That's my kind of part of my first characteristic of, of, um, becoming an unbreakable believer characteristics of an unbreakable believer. Um, so then, the other thing is like, all right. So one way to begin to know the truth and dispel the lies is literally to be renewed in your mind. Is to spend time with God um, uh, in meaningful ways and really connect with Him and, and actually like close your eyes and and actually worship Him and actually focus on Him and you know put the phone down and put the put all the distractions down and get into your room. Right? These are things many of us as mature believers know. But it's also just important to hear the truth again, because it's encouraging to hear the truth. It's encouraging to hear that, like, these are the things that we can do to become unbreakable. So I would like to talk about a little bit about some ways to um, just to. To know. Not. So not just the scripture, but what are some other what are some other things that we can do to know the truth and dispel the lie? And one of the most simple ways, man, men and women, is to ask the Holy Spirit. Is to literally say, "Stop it! Stop what you're doing in the middle of what you're doing," and say, "Holy Spirit, what is it that I'm supposed to believe here?" And as you do that, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. Uh, Jesus says. I'll ask the father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you do know him for he abides with you and and will be in you, right? So now that's that was pre that was pre-Jesus on the cross. So now post-Jesus on the cross, we can have the holy spirit, the spirit of truth inside of us. And so we can, we can ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to believe in this situation? You know, uh, you know, you know, pick, pick any hard, difficult situation, you know, pick, you know, a sickness or, or pick a, um, I mean, a great one is like relational strife, right? Like, like you have a, you have someone that, uh you're in relationship with whether it's like a maybe it's a child maybe it's a spouse maybe it's a you know a family member maybe it's a a mother-in-law or a father-in-law or your mom or dad right and and what we need to do to be able to discern truth and dispel the lies is to come to the lord and say what do you want me to believe here rather than trying to always use our own minds rather than to try to use our um our own reasoning abilities, because when you use your own reasoning abilities apart from the Holy Spirit, you can end up in actually weird places. I'm not saying don't be reasonable. I'm not saying don't be logical. What I'm saying is include him in the thought process. I'm saying what he thinks is more important than what you think, right? And so as you, thank you, brother. <laughs> as you, as you renew your mind to the truth, you can know God's will. You can know the truth as you spend time with him. You can be transformed into his image. You can know the truth and you can know God's will. It's a lie that you can't know God's will. So so you see what I just figured out there? People think you can't know God's will. I just told you, you can know God's will because it's right in scripture. If you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, you will be able to know what is true and what is not true because your discernment, the, the spiritual, the soul part of you has become accustomed to what is true. So you know that in um this is kind of an interesting example, but people that spend a lot of time counting money, people that's so like cashiers or tellers at a bank that has spent a lot of time counting cash, they can tell a counterfeit by the way that it feels because they've spent so much time with what is real and what is true. And so in the same way, if we want to become unbreakable, um, we can do that, right? So we can be encouraged that that we are becoming unbreakable as we spend real time with the Lord and as we spend real time with what is true. And so, um, yeah, that's that's it. Touches me, you know. The more that I think about it, because it's like it's like you can go from not understanding, not being connected kind of not even not just understanding or not being connected but but feeling the opposite feeling like you're nothing feeling like you're you're weak and you go ahead and you spend time with the lord and you spend time with other mature believers and they can tell you the truth because they know so that's a third way to know what is true is you go ahead and you spend time with mature believers that are for you that are calling you up into your identity that are calling you up into the truth they're going to speak the truth to you in love. And that's going to be another way that like, if you're coming up and you're still learning, it's another way that you can, um, it's a third way that you can know what is true and dispel the lies. So how do we dispel lies? Um, It's really simple. It's like, you can say it out loud. You can make a declaration in a prayer to the lord close your eyes whatever whatever you want but it's simply believing the truth i believe the truth the same way in which you came to salvation through your belief in the full work of jesus christ on the cross that he is who he says he is he did what he the bible said he did and and you take take on being saved and make him lord that is the same belief that you use to believe things that are true and uh and 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 so you just say that's true and that's not and then if you need somebody to encourage you go to a, a mature brother or sister in christ and be like hey this is what i'm hearing what do you think about it right there's counsel, there's there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors so those are three those are three ways i really like i could really go into that more i could really talk about that more but i just want to try to give us um, an opportunity to get to the other characteristics so You know, my main point here is to become unbreakable, we must get used to living by the truth of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We must learn to become fully convinced that what God says is more real than what we're seeing. If we only ever live based off of what we see happening around us, if we let the present circumstance rule us, we'll never act differently. Therefore, we'll never see heaven invade earth. Because heaven needs the agreement of each Uh, The heaven needs agreement of earth to supersede the earthly realm. So what I'm saying here is God needs and has chosen for you to agree to need to agree with him, to partner with him on the earth, to bring about what he wants to bring about on the earth. Right. So like 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 Jesus has taught to pray like on earth as it is in heaven. It's kind of like an unpacking of that concept. So so you've heard the phrase. Uh, people are. Some people are too heavenly-minded for earthly good. But I want to say this to you: that there are a lot of people that are too focused on the earth for any heavenly good. And we need to to become unbreakable. We need to start focusing on what God wants us to focus on. We need to start believing what God wants us to believe. And that's how you that's how you can start to uh, change the circumstances that you see. If, if you come to a circumstance, if you come to a place where you don't see God's will happening, it's your responsibility as a mature believer to understand what it is that God wants to happen and to understand how to partner with Him, how to speak, how to believe, how to act so that you can bring about God's will on earth. And so, this is an important characteristic of an unbreakable believer. <laughs> so moving on the next, um, the next, um, characteristic that as I see it for becoming unbreakable, um, is a reliance on God. Unbreakable people learn how to come to the end of themselves when they're at the end of their strength, when they're weak, when they don't have fight left and they, um, they know how to take to that point And then, begin to trust God, begin to rely on God, because it's not, it's not really a bad thing when you come to the end of your strength, because it's at the end of your strength that you find that in your weakness, he is strong. That's when you find out who God really is, you find out who God is for you. Um, Low battery, my phone my, I'm gonna, my, my headset's on low battery. So I'm probably gonna have to switch, switch out here. Give me one quick second. I'm going to need somebody to unmute and to hear me. I hear you, brother. All right, sweet. I hear you, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Now um, we clear.
1: Hold on.
2: I just want to share uh, yeah, what you're it. saying, Josh. It's so uh, good because like, you're talking about being unbreakable. What better season than right now, so learn how to be unbreakable. Come on, I mean, it's like for are certain good, like all things, all things. Romans eight eight twenty eight, work for our certain good, so we can even in a season of difficulty. And I mean, so many of us, I know, you know, as we all run together, I know so many of us have had difficult times, but it's that that time that actually reveals what you believe. Yes, and allows does. you. It's like a privilege to step into faith. That's a good it's run. like you you get to have faith. You get mm. to walk in that faith. Like whoa! Like you see from that perspective, it kind of changes the whole dynamic, and it stops the "woe is me" and "oh, I can't believe this happened to me." So, like, Lord, I'm I'm discovering who you are in this situation. You know? Mm. Amen. Dude,
0: so, that's good. I love it. I get
2: excited. <laughs> I get
0: excited too. Alan's one of my mentors, so um. Uh, <laughs> probably You're along man. the lines that he's taught me to think too <laughs> <laughs> so thanks brother um yeah so mo- yeah so what as i was saying before i was so rudely interrupted by my earbuds uh dying um reliance on god as a key as a key characteristic of becoming unbreakable and so you know one of my life scriptures, and I've shared this multiple times, but I just think it's so good and it's so powerful. And if, when you really unpack it and you learn how to, how to actually do what this proverb says, this is, this is a, this is a key to becoming unbreakable. So the scripture says Proverbs three, I think it's three, five and eight. Looks like my computer did a little, a little printer, printed a little wonky here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding that that there means to, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean just, just kind of like a little bit. It actually means forsake. Like if you if you go up and study that out, uh, that phrase right there means to turn away from your own understanding and turn towards God's understanding. It literally has the idea of repentance when I think about it. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and this this. This part of it in all your ways acknowledge him. That means in the midst of the circumstances, whatever it be, stop or at least commune with the Lord and, and figure out what is it that you want to do. Like this, this actually means to to know him in the middle of the circumstance, acknowledge him. So in in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I mean, that's pretty straightforward there, right? Like as you acknowledge him, he lays the path out before you, like it all comes together, right? So be, and then the, the next part to this that I like is don't be, you know, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. You know, fear has to do with that reverential awe and respect and an understanding of his character. So fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So again, that's the idea of, that is an idea of repentance. Anytime that you're turning from something to something, that's the idea of of repentance. It's, I'm gonna, I was going this way, but now I'm going this way. I was following my own, my own line of thinking, but now I'm going to follow your line of thinking, right? And so So, um, so, so this idea of turning away from evil, but you're not just turning away from evil, you're turning towards good. So, and you're turning towards God, you're turning towards his kingdom, right, going all the way back to the very beginning, there's two kingdoms. So when you turn from the evil kingdom, you're turning towards the good kingdom. And so, um, And so then the the last line here of Proverbs 3, 5, and 8 is, this will bring healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. So can you imagine unpacking that scripture and actually doing what it says and actually like living that out? That would cause you to become unbreakable because what's happening here is in the middle of the circumstances where you're being broken down, where you don't have the strength anymore, where you are weak. If you do this, You'll feel weak and you'll feel broken, but God will step in and he'll pick you up and he'll make your path straight and he can heal you and he can um, heal your body and he can refresh your bones. How many people need their bones refreshed Refreshed in this season? I've, I'm like, I'm ready for it. You know, I'm ready for it. This, is, this has been a difficult season. And like Alan was saying, this, is, this message is kind of timely. Um, and I think that's why the Lord's been putting it on my heart um to share this so that as a body we could all uh, become unbreakable we could all um uh, get a little persecution going on and we would still be able to stand and we would still be able to bring about the truth of God's kingdom and we'd still be able to rely on him so let's look at an example of someone that's relied on God from scripture and i really can't think of a better person than king david before he was king and You know if you just think back to the to if and if you want to look it up you can look up king david's response uh or well it's not king at this point but david's response to king saul in first samuel 17 and this is the this is the time where um you know the philistine giant the goliath was uh taunting the armies of god and saying come out and fight me you guys can't beat me you know, just just pick one person to fight me and then we'll, we'll choose who wins that way. And out of an entire army, this little runty guy, David, um, comes to the king and says, I, I have defeated lions and bears and the Lord has delivered me, uh, I'm feeling called to beat this. I'm I'm going to beat this guy. Don't don't worry about me. Don't give me your armor. I know what to do. I have a history of God, I have a history of relying on God for my protection, the history of relying on God in battle. And so obviously that's a Josh paraphrase. It's not going to say that in the scripture, but go ahead and and look it up. But but I think this is this is a key example of what it looks like to rely on God in a circumstance that doesn't look like naturally you would win, right? Little tiny David big giant, big giant Goliath. In reality, that's like a logical, there's no logical path to victory against that, right? Unless you know jujitsu like Brandon, but (laughs) Um, so what, what King David says to Saul, or again, he's not king at this time, but I like to think of him as King. So what the, what he said to Saul is the Lord who delivered me from the claws of the lion and the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. I think that's radical faith. I think that's radical reliance on God in a circumstance that is no logical path. There's no logical path to win. There's no logical path to victory. There, not, not, not one, you know, little tiny David, what's it going to do? Kick him in the shins and hopefully he'll fall over. No. Well, the Lord says, if you hit him in the head at this spot right here, if you take these stones and you hit him in the head at this spot right here, he's going to go over and then you run and cut his head off. You know what I mean? That's not a logical thing that someone would think that that would get you victory. But that's what he did. And the cool thing because I got, I got Alan running through my head is, you know, he had, he had uh, gotten three stones, right? Because he, he wasn't just going to kill Goliath. He was going to kill his brothers too, which I believe he did. I'll maybe let Alan chime in and finish that one if he wants to, but radical reliance on God is a key characteristics of unbreakable believers. So when we find ourselves in a difficult, scary, or dangerous circumstance, we must learn to connect to God in those times. What is he saying? What does he want to do? Who does he want to be for you in that time? How does he want to display his glory? How does he want to conduct? How does he want you to conduct yourself? Right. Radical reliance on the Lord in circumstances that don't look like you will win, will help you to win every time. Buzz Lightyear, what's he, what's he saying? Someone unmute yourself. What does Buzz Lightyear saying?
2: To infinity and beyond.
0: That was not the one. Oh, but you're right. Doesn't he say never give up, never surrender?
2: That's Galaxy Quest. <laughs>
0: come on man you gotta update your toy story knowledge bro i'm sorry that 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 wasn't toy story
2: that was galaxy quest galaxy quest
0: all right i knew i I I could rely on you guys to to help me out with that one anyway but that's what goes through my head is never get never never give up never surrender right like never give up never surrender and when you get to the end of yourself choose to rely on god choose to rely on god when you're over your head, when you're feeling like giving up, choose not to be defeated. Instead, choose to surrender to God and rely on him. You're not surrendering to the enemy. You're surrendering to your God. You're surrendering, like David has said, David has preached in the past that we're actually slaves of God. We're slaves of righteousness, right? So we don't own ourselves anymore. So we don't have to rely on ourselves in that sense we we can rely on ourselves to the point that we need to but we should when we become to that we come to that end we come to that end of our strength we become unbreakable when we choose to rely on god when we choose to say i don't know how to do it i don't know what's going to happen but i know god i know that he's good i know that he's for me i know that he's that, that whatever he says is true. And so, this is a way that we can become reliant on God. An unbreakable believer has learned, an unbreakable believer has learned to live fully reliant on God. They have built a history with God where they have learned to ultimately trust God for their provision, for their life, and their protection. They understand that reaching the end of their strength is good. It's good to reach the end of your strength because that's the beginning of unreliance, reliance on God's abilities. And so I haven't read any of these comments. So if anybody thinks, anybody thinks that there's something that I need to, uh, to read, let me know. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep, keep moving on. I think I'm still getting text messages and stuff like that. So, <laughs> all right, got it. Mike Hampton, I got that. Mario, prob probably, probably. Um, all right, so. Moving on, the next characteristic, as I see it, to become unbreakable, um, or that I notice about people that are unbreakable, is they have. There's a longevity about them. They've understood how to stay in the fight and not wear out, which I think is key, right? Like, like I think that's key because you can fight so hard within your own strength that you have nothing left to give and you've completely worn yourself out, but the people, there's people that know how to, to fight and not wear out. And, um, you know, think, you think about, think about, you know, your, your desire for your unsaved loved ones, you know, the people that are in your family, the people that are your friends that you've prayed for for years to come to know Jesus. And, you know, you can wear yourself out fighting, fighting for that or think about, Think about chronic illnesses. Think about, um, think about these things in your life. Like like you could pick, I don't have to give you all these examples. Everybody knows there's all these different, there's different things that are in our lives that could wear us out if we continually fought them without understanding how to, how to stay in that fight, how to um, not wear out. And so there are so many different ways that you could go about this, but the one, like, as I was thinking about this, um, the one way or the one tool that I have, uh, one of my favorite ministers, his name's Graham cook has said is, uh, essentially we need a, an upgraded understanding of what spiritual warfare is. And so, um, he has a great story about um, literally being attacked in his room at night by like a demonic entity. And he discerned the demonic entity, he could feel it. And, and he, he did something interesting that I've never really heard anybody else do. And those of you that know Graham Cook will know the story, but essentially he went ahead, took authority over the spirit and said, I command you to sit in the corner kind of a thing, sit in the corner. And so, you know, he discerned that this, this entity is now sitting in the corner. He goes ahead, he locks his bedroom door and he turns on worship music and just worships the Lord extravagantly with this demonic entity sitting in the corner. And so basically what he did was he, instead of thinking that I got to rebuke this thing and I got to curse the devil. And I got to, you know, all this kind of spiritual, like spiritual warfare stuff. That's not, it's not necessarily bad. And it's not necessarily untrue that you do. You don't, you don't do those things, but you can wear out if you're constantly doing that all the time, you're constantly relying on yourself and your abilities and the authority that God's given you to, to fight the enemy. What he did was he worshiped God. And so what Graham Cook says is that um, the upgrade that we need, in understanding spiritual warfare is that it's not about encountering the enemy it's about encountering the majesty of god it's about enthroning god and wherever god is enthroned he is in control is he not he's enthroned on our praises he's enthroned in our worship so i really like that tool i like that idea of essentially i'm being attacked by this thing or that thing. And I'm going to choose to focus on God's ability to rescue me over the enemy's ability to bring harm to me. I think that's a really hard one. It's a really hard one to do. And I think it takes time. Um, It takes time and maturity to get to that spot. But I think if we don't know that there's another option, we'll just wear ourselves out we'll just try to rebuke the enemy and try to rebuke the devil. And uh, and 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 we'll wear ourselves out. So, so again, just warfare is not about the encounter with the enemy; it's about encounter with the majesty of God. And so, to finish the story with Graham Cook, he 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 says, you know, he went ahead, unlocked the door, and the enemy, like he like kind of discerned them, discerned him, you know, running out the door, screaming, kind of thing. So, so it's I think that's like a, a kind of a supernatural pretty cool example of of understanding that when we encounter the majesty of god where you know he is he is going to he's going to dispel those attacks and he's going to fight for us and so an unbreakable believer an unbreakable believer has learned to fight and not wear out they understand that warfare is not about encountering the enemy or rebuking the devil It's about encountering the majesty of God. It's about worshiping him and seeing him deliver you. And so moving on to the, I believe this is my fourth characteristic of an unbreakable believer is that they know how to deal with disappointments. In other words, they know how to complain to God and remind themselves of the truth. And, um, Honestly, I can't think of a better example of this than like if you look to the Psalms, if you look to how David um, interacted and cried his cried his heart out and complained to the Lord, and how he did that. And um, so I just want to read a um, a Psalm. It's Psalm 143, and I think as I read it, you'll see you'll see the pattern that I'm talking about here, the pattern of um, Complaining to God, but reminding yourself of the truth. So a Psalm, a Psalm of David, Psalm 143, says, The Lord, Lord, hear my prayer. In your faithfulness, give ear to my plea. In your righteousness, answer me. Do not bring your servant into judgment. For no one alive is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued my soul, crushing my life to the ground, making me dwell in darkness like those long since dead. My spirit grows faint within me. My heart is dismayed inside me. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I consider the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I'll be like those who descend to the pit. Let me hear your loving devotion in the morning. For I have put my trust in you. Teach me the way I should walk. For to lift, teach me the way I should walk. For to you, I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I flee to you for a refuge. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For the sake of your name, O Lord, revive me. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. And in your loving devotion, cut off my enemies, destroy all who afflict me. For I am your servant. So I think that's a great, like a great example psalm of lamenting. Right? Lamenting is sort of is this idea of like compl- a healthy complaining. It's not a complaining without hope. It's a it's a it's this idea of whoa, this is this really stinks, Lord. This is really hurting me. This is really affecting my family and right. It's like, it's like letting that out. But at the same point, David does this, doesn't lament. He also praises God and he also reminds God and himself of what is true. And so like, if you get into a pattern of getting disappointed, but all you do is complain about your disappointment or complain about what is hurting you and you never move to what is true what God says is true, like right, going all the way back to the very first, the very first um characteristic is discerning what is true, so I used to, I used to, I used to do this with myself, I would have, and I still do do it with myself, right, you have to remind yourself of what's true, you have to, you have, and, and in that, so it's not just a, it's not just a, I'm going to complain that, oh, Lord, my, my, you know, pick today like i really wanted to be at church i wanted to be in the building i wanted to worship with all you guys i didn't want to do do this on zoom but you know but you know at the same point if i kept that attitude and said well you know lord i can't believe that you (laughs) let everything get covered with ice and now it's dangerous and we can't go out there and and the timing of it really stinks and i can't believe that it was two weeks in a row since we've been able to meet and I really needed to meet and I really need to be, you know, be there with people and get encouragement and and encourage other people. And, you know, and if I just stayed there, all I would be doing is complaining and I would actually be advancing the kingdom of darkness because grumbling and complaining is, is definitely that doesn't do anything but make the heavens above you brass. It doesn't do anything but block, block the, the ability for, uh, for God to, 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 to break through. Right. So really we can complain, but it's far better to lament. It's far better to say, yes, this is, this is happening, Lord. This is happening. This is happening, but God, this is who you are, but God, I know that you are my rescuer. but God, I know that you'll fight for me, but God, I know that you'll destroy the enemies that are coming after me kind of a thing. Right. And so, so the, the, the characteristic here is Taking the disappointments and telling God about them, but not staying there, not, not meditating on your disappointments, but saying, Lord, this is hurting me. This has disappointed me. But Lord, I know who you are. I know that you're for me, not against me. I know that you're working behind the scenes. I know that you're good. I know that your plans for me are to prosper me, right? Like to, to tell yourself the truth, but to tell God the truth and marinate in the truth. Right. And that's another way that we're even going back to um you know, bringing the kingdom and advancing the kingdom of God is is by that. Because have you ever been, I've been that guy, actually, have you ever been around somebody that all they ever do is tell you what's wrong, but they never tell you what's right. Or they never tell you what's true or they never tell you what's good. You actually become a drain. You become a vessel for the kingdom of, of darkness at that point, because you're actually sucking you're sucking the life out of other people. And it's it's okay to complain, right? I'm not saying don't complain. I'm not saying don't share what's inside of your heart. I am saying don't forget to say what's true. Don't forget to say who God is. Don't forget to, to refocus your yourself on, on who he is and the truth of that he's for you and not against you, that he's going to, to be your rescue, that he's like all the things that are true. Just don't forget to remind yourself of that. So, so I'm not saying deny your reality. I'm not saying deny that something hard's happening. I'm saying let's, let's not only balance that out, but let's tip the scales in the favor of like who God says, what God says, that's what's true. That's what's real. And so, yeah, so um, unbreakable believers actively deal with their disappointments. They don't hold on to it forever. They don't let it fester. So deal with your disappointments, <laughs> deal with them. If you need to call, if you need to call a friend, if you need to, if you need to call a pastor, if you need to like, like let's deal with our disappointments, let's become unbreakable believers. So pour out your hurt and your pain and complaints to the Lord, but then remind yourself of the truth and praise God for who he is. And so, um, you know, moving on to the, the fifth and final, fifth and final characteristic, I believe is um, this idea of moving in the opposite spirit? And again, this is another one that came I learned from from Graham Cook. Um, he's he he extensively talks about it. If you want, if you if you're interested in hearing more about that, um, I'd be happy to look up some some of the some of the talks where he really unpacks this concept. But this is something Dave has mentioned a couple of weeks in the row. That, um, that he felt that I've, I've helped him grow in, which is this idea of moving in the opposite spirit. And essentially what moving in the opposite spirit as I see it is, is they is uh, you've learned how to live in response to God instead of the enemy. So you've learned how to live in response to God, what God's doing instead of response or reacting to what the enemy's doing. So I think Mike Hampton said we can try to do this this mock conversation that I want to do with him. Mike, are you there? Mike Hampton? I am here. Can you hear me? All right. I can hear you. So this should be pretty fun. Mike Hampton is not a complainer whatsoever, but I've asked him to sort of give a, I want to have a little dialogue with him to kind of give us sort of a taste of what am I talking about moving in the opposite spirit. So, um, so I'm going to try to let Mike complain to me and I am going to move in the opposite spirit of the complaints. Hopefully he doesn't beat me because then it would just destroy the whole <laughs> characteristic I'm trying to show. So, so Mike, how you doing, man? What's going on with you? What's going on in life? Well, it's kind of cold.
1: I was in my studio and it's probably like, I don't know, 60 degrees and it's
0: annoying, you know, Oh man! Well, it's cool. Do you have a Do you have a heater in there, Mike?
1: I do, but I'm down to like one gallon of uh, kerosene, and uh, and I don't really feel like going out to Home Depot. Those are picking up any, and I'm trying to, I was and save, you know, wait to do that till later sometime today, and I don't know. Oh, coffee man. Didn't taste oh, right this morning. I had coffee this morning, and something tasted off about it. it feels pretty good. I don't know. I would have liked to have seen everybody in church today. That would have been pretty sweet. That didn't happen.
0: I know, man. It is That is pretty, that is pretty rough, bro. I totally, you know, I totally understand like, you know, it's cold and you got work to do out in the, out in the, in the shed, but Hey, you know, the one cool thing is that, um, you got, um, didn't you got insulation in, in your shed?
1: Yeah. I insulated
0: like a year ago, which is, you know, I was, it's still a couple of drafts coming through and it's just
1: really cold yeah, out right but, now yeah, and
0: like, yeah man that's true I, I i guess i definitely understand that but um how did you how did you get the money to be able to insulate your shed because that, that that probably was pretty expensive
1: yeah it was expensive you know i insulated but there's insulation up there you know i was, I was fortunate to get the money to, to all that together but you know it's still you know it's insulated but there's no
0: drywall yeah but didn't your i'm just saying didn't your didn't your um didn't your landlord like basically pay for a bunch of that
3: yeah that's
1: actually right you know i I gave him a proposal for it and i he he did put up the money for the insulation, and and i provided the labor and yeah wow i mean you
0: know that's that's i mean that's pretty cool it sounds like the lord was providing for you because can you imagine how cold it would be out there without insulation
1: yeah, I guess you're right. probably be like in the uh, 40s if I didn't have the insulation. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. And I mean, I'm happy to spot you like 10, 10, 20 bucks to go get some, go get some kerosene for your heater. Well, it's not a whole
1: lot of money for kerosene. It's like one gallon,
0: man. I don't know how much kerosene costs, but I'm, I'll cover the cost for you. All oh, right, that's pretty sweet. All right, he's on the border beating me, so we're gonna stop that exercise nice now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've never heard Hampton like that.
0: Isn't that funny? Because you know, you ask Mike what's what's com- if he has anything to complain about, he's like, I can't complain. You know, so it's that was totally awesome. Totally
1: opposite of for me. Yeah, don't yeah.
0: <laughs> but did you? You mean you saw what I was trying? I mean, obviously, I'm helping somebody to try to change their focus from. what's wrong to what's right right and what's kind of cool about that is when you start to focus on what's true well you start to partner with god and his kingdom you actually are beginning to get to the place where you with your partnership with the lord bring about god's will on earth right and so like when you don't see when you don't see a clear path um victory when you move in the opposite spirit what you're doing is you're actually changing the atmosphere and bringing heaven to earth you're and when you choose not to complain and you choose to say what's true and you choose to to bring your focus about on um the greater reality of 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 like what i said like what god says is he can't lie what he says is because he he exists and what he says and how he creates is so if god speaks it it has to be true and if you've done you know if we've done some work over the years to understand even going back to the first the first point that an unbreakable believer knows how to know what god's will is and know what is true um man, you really start to become powerful. Right. And like the things that would normally break you down, break you apart. And I'm not even talking about like someone actively trying to persecute you for your belief. You know, I'm just talking about the day to day stuff that could, that could, uh, you know, break you down, man, that like you start to become, you start to become unbreakable. So, um, so that was just, that's like a kind of a, a quick example. I hope that you guys kind of got it. It's, it's basically you're taking all the stuff that you know, that's true about God and you're choosing to focus on that instead of what's happening that either the enemy is causing or what's happening that's going wrong. And again, it's not, not that you don't acknowledge that something's happening. It's that you acknowledge that the greater reality is what God says and what God wants to happen. And so we go ahead and we choose to partner with the Lord um, in that. So, yeah. So moving in the opposite spirit is choosing to live your life in response to God and instead of response to the enemy. It's choosing to see where God is moving and partnering with him. So kind of to like, just to kind of summarize these Main, these main points and these main characteristics, I, I would just like to say it like this. To become unbreakable, we must choose to advance God's kingdom through our beliefs, our words, and our actions. We have to move away from believing the lies of the enemy and towards believing what God says is true. We must move away from self-reliance to reliance on God's abilities. We must learn how to fight so that we don't wear out. And we can do this by encountering, by choosing to encounter the majesty and the glory of God rather than looking at it in terms of I'm encountering the enemy and I'm encountering what's wrong. We have to deal with our disappointments. It's extremely important. I can't stress that enough because when you don't deal with your disappointments, it becomes bitterness. You become a vessel for the enemy long term and so i know that there's hard things that happen in everybody's lives and i'm not saying that you can't be in process but i am saying it's really really of paramount importance to deal with your disappointments with the lord and if you need help doing that there's plenty of people you know that you can reach out to um you can reach out to me you can reach out to dave uh i have resources um that you know not of that i can you know really really help you to deal with some of those things um, and get get emotionally healed and dealing with those disappointments right so it's okay to be in process i'm not saying that that it's not okay to be in process but i am saying it's important that that we do deal with these things that have disappointed us and hurt us so that we're not ending up being used by the kingdom of darkness and so we must stop living in reaction to the enemy we have to choose instead to live in response to god's plans and how he's moving by partnering uh, with him and then Selah, stop and think about that for a second. <clears throat> so I hope this was encouraging for you guys. Some of these things were useful to, to each and every one of us in different ways. And um, and so, so that's that's all I got for you. I was hoping maybe, I don't know if Mario can do maybe another song, um, give us some time to, to reflect on uh, that. But let me just see if Mario is available for that seems like he might i'm sorry be.
2: what's up man that's okay i was
0: just finishing up and i was wondering if you wanted if you had time to do another song for us or just kind of
3: i i mean i can i didn't i didn't you didn't uh,
2: nobody messaged me um all right I'll, I'll run upstairs i need a few minutes stall
0: oh that's fine
2: okay. let's stall so the whole this, this whole thing was just an object lesson right and like your message josh it's awesome good <laughs> job <laughs> seriously come on thank, it's thanks, a good thing. I mean, thanks you know you could have just canceled but we got together and every, you know i'm encouraged i mean brandon's encouraged i Me see you and is. amen
0: yeah thanks
2: thank, yeah
0: thanks guys yeah thank you i'm almost hoping that it would just kind of kind of land in the right spot for everybody because we have we have people of all different levels of of maturity and growth process and so i'm just just glad that uh that the lord would be able to use some of these different different things um so i will go back and read your encouragements because i see that there's a lot going on in the chat here but uh all right i found it so yeah i just appreciate you guys i'm looking forward to um, you know, Wednesday night, we should be back for in-person prayer. Sunday, God willing, no more ice, we should be back to uh, in-person Sunday. Um, so that, that would be the plan. And I was just hoping Mario would maybe just mm-hmm. give us one more song. We can all just kind of pause and reflect and let the Lord let the Lord speak to us and wash over us a bit.
3: Come, thou found so every blessing to my heart to send thy grace. Streams of mercy, never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me so, your sounding. Sung by flaming tongues above, praise a mountain fixed upon the mount of thy redeeming love. Oh, here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come. And I hope by thy good pleasure Safely to arrive at home Jesus saw me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God Me to rescue me from danger Interposed his precious blood And oh, too great how great a debt daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a feather, bind my wandering heart to thee. I'm prone to wonder, what I feel it. Prone to leave the earth that I alone. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Oh, come, thou fount of every blessing, to my heart to sing thy grace. streams of mercy never ceasing. Offer songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melody of sadness sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain, fix upon it, mount of God's unchanging love. Praise the mountain upon it, mount of thy redeeming
0: love. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for making us unbreakable, God. Would we just say that we choose to surrender to you? We choose to surrender our lives to you. We choose not to give up, God, not to give up, not to be defeated, but to give up and surrender to you. Father, we choose to believe the truth of your word, to believe the truth of what you say, no matter what we see with our natural eyes. Lord, help us to move in your spirit. Help us to move in response to you. Help us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, so that we know the truth and we know your will. Father I just pray your goodness and your blessing and your favor your wisdom and your prosperity the ability to to become mature unbreakable believers over each and every person that's in the room God and their families God we ask for the families for for the, for the ones that each and every one of us have in our lives that don't know you and Our heart aches for them to know you, God. Father, we just ask now that a turning around would occur in their lives, that you would supernaturally bring about a a, a knowing and a desire for you, for you to be transformed, to be saved. And we just declare that every unsaved family member, every unsaved person, friends, and and people that we've been praying for as a, as a group and individually, God, that they would come to know you, that they would come to know their sons and daughters of you, that they would be transformed, and be saved and make you Lord. So we call every unsaved family member now, every, every unsaved person now that each and every one of us has been praying for, we ask and we command that they would be saved. In Jesus name. Father, people that are dealing with um, you know chronic illnesses or diagnoses, God, we declare that you are walking with them. We declare that you're walking with us, God. And we declare that your goodness will manifest in their lives. We declare a lifting of the eyes from the circumstances that they see to you and what you're doing, God. Father, provide greater perspective, provide your perspective. And Lord, we're asking you to bring heaven to earth in each and every one of the lives of those who are dealing with uh, chronic illnesses or diagnoses of death, God. So, Holy Spirit, just come even now, even now, and fill those places. Even now, and, 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 Deal with the disappointments, God. I ask you to deal with the disappointments in your love. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would deal with the hearts that that are open to being dealt with, with the disappointments and the bitterness and the hurts and the angers, God, so that no longer will any of us ever again be used for the kingdom of darkness, but only for your kingdom. Father, your word says that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. So Father, let us operate in your kingdom. Let us be filled and walk in righteousness. Let us be filled and walk in joy. And let us be filled and walk in peace so that we can advance your kingdom, that we can see people saved, healed, delivered, set free, brought into the kingdom of light from the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen.